What's happening guys? What is happening? We're just uh, doing a live feed for um, some testing and seeing if we can strip the audio. Well, Tim's going to be seeing if he can strip the audio. Talk of the devil and he shall appear. There he is. Proof. Hello. Ja, meneer. Hoe gaan dit met u? Playing too much. We just had a, a senile neighbor over. <laughs> oh, shut. So, yeah. So, Hectic. we had to uh, convince okay. her to go back to the house. <laughs> oh, shame. That's hectic, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Okay, so, oh, Jonathan. Jonathan's on board. Michelle's one. How's it going, buddy? So, uh, yeah, man. Let's wait for all the boys to get on. Gonna start rolling. Yeah, me too. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> this tobacco is flipping amazing, isn't it? Yeah, eh? It is, eh? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it smokes so long. Like, it's, it's incredible. And it actually, like, yeah. it's also fairly strong. So you don't feel less for a cigarette every mm. five minutes, you know? Yeah, I, I'm using my, I use my needle files to get the perfect pyrolic. Oh, I see. Yeah. I'm so practiced now with, with uh, these machines that uh, I... Okay. And do a need. He's on board. <laughs> okay. Focus. We are just trying to roll our cigarettes, guys. So just give us a second. Yeah, this takes concentration. Concentration. Okay, mine, mine's done. Oh, fuck. Now I dropped it. Shit. I say, rolled cigarettes. I you think the next one we roll, we must have yeah, your, your Morphe extension. Yeah, Morphe extension. <laughs> oh, I love it. You've been here from the beginning. Okay, okay. All right. That's so, good. what's the first topic of discussion, right? Let's 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 get the guys involved here. Okay. So the first thing is we're gonna just say what we've been doing today. Right. And yep. then our song well, of the day. Decided on. That. So, what have you been up to today? What have I been up to? Well, I uh, took those those belts that you gave me and I started uh, breaking the corners on one of the hunters and cleaning mm. the grind. Remember, I showed you that grind was way yeah. below at the at the mm. on the spine. The top. So I started thinning that down and just bringing it towards you know that shoulder that was exposed. So I just brought that down. Yeah and made the whole piece a little bit thinner. Um, then I broke the corners on the other hunter and started grinding that. Mm. And then I broke the corners on the kitchen knife. Then I got busy doing other mm. things like um, cleaning, uh, organizing a little bit in the workshop. And um, I got some, some of these, so I got some of these little clamps. They just begin some to of these the clamps for yeah, just to clip my nipples, you know, that uh, that hardcore, hardcore bondage stuff, you know. That's that's what we use. No, them I for. just use jumper cables. Yes, fuck it, man. That's flipping. That's flipping, Aina. Kamika, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, today I um, cut some more hammer handles because I cut uh, nine yesterday, of which yeah. one was for me. And uh, seven already sold. So I thought I'd better cut a few more. So I cut another eight. Jeepers, and then yeah. I went to, and got some lights for my new work table. So they up. They're not connected yet. Okay. But they're up with uh, so I just they're up, do the blacksmith electrician work. That, that's yeah. That's uh, I was I would have been finished if it wasn't for the senile woman from down the road. Uh-huh. You keep so making excuses as long as you believe them. Yeah, I was going to forge a hammer today, but I just never got around to it. But I've started uh, making a punch for punching the eye under the fly press. Okay. So I've got halfway with it. Okay. Uh, got to grind the nice. other side and then heat treat it. This is O1 tool steel. So okay. It's an right. off cut I bought at work for the very expensive price of two rand thirty three a kilogram. That's fucking nothing, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's nothing. It is. That's brilliant. And how I much my, does I a, a sheet of old, uh, Sorry, say again. I say, how much does a, a sheet of uh, O1 tool steel go for? A sheet, you probably O1, you're probably playing about eighty rand a kilo, kilogram at the moment. I think. Yeah. Okay. That's still not hella bad, but 
mm. getting it at two rand. Uh, that's 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 pretty that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, anyway, I'll two room. Um, they sell all the all the offcuts from the pieces they can't use goes to our scrapyard, and we can then buy it at the rate that they get they get paid for it. So if you know what the okay. grades of tool steel or the kind of the markings on, because it's new, normally the end pieces, then you can mark it what steel it is and buy it at two rand thirty a kilogram. Okay. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, let's just see what Michelle Zwan is saying here. Finishes Damascus uh, fighter blade, and yeah, which was fucking stunning, Michelle. By the way, I really, yeah. I really like that thing. That's yeah. fucking beautiful. I'm gonna get beaten quickly. Oh, Darcy, Darcy Fro. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? You're right. Fine, you? Fine, can't complain. Lekker, lekker. It's my cigarette holder. Seriously. It's his Morphe extension. <laughs> <laughs> it's because she likes a real man. <laughs> yeah, please tell him that. <laughs> I'm getting into bed. Enjoy your chat. <laughs> Cheerio, thank you. Bye. Um, yeah, that, I think he used mm. Astral Damascus, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I thought it was that uh, Dragon Scale Damascus or something. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, Dragon Scale, yeah. yeah. Astral okay. Dragon Scale, uh, they're very similar. I didn't have a chance today oh, okay. to really look okay. at the knife. I yeah. have to try and do things that make. Money. Maybe Michelle can. Maybe Michelle can uh, give us some some clarity there. Who might be right? Yeah. Because uh, I I've never seen. I don't I don't think I've ever seen. Um, what was the one you just mentioned now? Asteroid. Asteroid. What? Mm. What? What? Asteroid Damascus. What did you say? Asteroid. Okay. Yeah. Never seen that. Asteroid, that's the one. That's the one. That's the word I was looking for. At this time of night, yeah. my brain shuts down. It's like, fuck that. I'm out. <laughs> Goodbye. Cheers. Yeah, my brain is so, really um, hunting squirrels. <laughs> okay, so so you're right. Asteroid. Yeah. yeah Bertie Reedfield, I think that's his signature one, but I think uh, Peter Hoerson also okay. makes it. Okay. Okay. Both of them nice. are guild members. Nice. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right, so right. So, so next topic of discussion. So, you you've been busy with your your hammers and and uh, your lights today and all that sort of thing. So, we've discussed what my we've done today. today. The my song for today is "Zombie" by Cranberries. That's a good song. That's a good yeah. song. Have you have yeah. you watched the rendition or the or the cover done by Bad Wolves? I don't know. I'll have to. Ch I'll check it out after this. That's pretty good. Uh, mm. It's pretty, pretty darn good. Um, I, I like their rendition. I like both. Like I like the original mm. a lot more, depending on the mood I'm in. Mm. But um, they they did a, a really decent job at it. Really, really good. Mm. Um, <clears throat> my song of the day mm. is um, uh, my girl from um, Nirvana. But it, they they did not sing the original, and I only learned this last night. Right, who sang the original? Uh, who sang the original again? Yeah, the original is man, it's oh man, uh, Grant's daughter said that the original was done by because I was telling him about you know my mm. little hobby of, of singing to myself, you know, yeah, that's just what nice. I do. Don't ask me why, I just love it, right. I was telling him about that, mm. and um, I was telling him that that's the song I'm practicing in the moments, which is very fucking difficult to actually get mm. right. Because um, mm. Kurt Cobain's got a very particular style of singing. It's a, it's a very yeah. like whiny and almost effortless style of singing. It's like he it sounds mm. like he's putting a lot of effort, but when you watch him, it's like it, it looks like he's got fuck all effort going into this. You know, it's just like mm. so raw and natural. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's my song, my girl, uh, not my girl. Uh, where did you sleep last night? That's that's the song. Oh, where did you sleep last night? Yeah, but it, yeah, where did you sleep last night? Uh, let's see. Uh, my song of every day is "Your Sex Is On Fire." Your Sex Is On Fire <coughs> by Kings of Leon. That's a good one. Mm. We were chatting earlier on the WhatsApp group about the cost of Damascus. Yes, yes. I'm just going to run through some figures. 
more or less calculations are done on Damascus. So in order to make, let's say you start with a kilogram of steel and 15 and 20 is pretty expensive. So let's say it's 200 and a kilogram for your steel. Mm. So that's 200 rand. <clears throat> yeah. To turn about 200 layers, it's going to take you about 400 rand worth of gas, and you're going to lose about half of that uh, steel to scale. So you're going to end up with right a kilogram. Okay. Just before you start patterning it. So yes. yeah, you know, that scale loss and grinding and cutting and things like that. Yes, yes, yes. So you're already at 600 rand for half a kilogram, and that doesn't include your labor. So if you start patterning it, you're probably going to lose another third of that. Well, let's make the, the maths easier. Let's say you lose a, a fifth, so then you leave with 0.4 kilogram. Yeah. So roughly about a 1,000 and just in raw material costs for the Damascus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Damascus becomes expensive because yeah. of, the, of the amount of steel that's wasted in, in cutting and grinding and fl mm. uh, scale because you had such high temperatures and patterning. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah. I mean, so, so, so the question becomes like, are you, like, would you think that that's, it's more economical to just buy it because it's less hassle, it's less time, but it's arguably Look, more you, expensive. I don't know which which way would you go. It's, it's it's a little bit more expensive, but for me, if I'm selling a knife, I will probably until I have access to a, a decent hydraulic press or a, yeah. a power hammer, I'll probably buy my Damascus because you can get it from. Peter Huerson and uh, Bertie Rietveld at a, a reasonable price. Yeah. They, they look at, you're looking at about two and a half thousand rand a kilogram. Mm. Um, and you can get quite a few knives out of a kilogram yeah. uh, if you're forging. Yeah. If you're like Michelle who's on a knife making light <laughs> and you have to grind it out, then, then, it's, then it's a little bit more expensive. But uh, Yeah, yeah, because you're yeah. wasting a lot of material to try and profile that blade into what it is yeah um so yeah but so then, it, then again yeah it, the, the, the danger is if you forge it yourself you can introduce um flaws in the damascus if you don't forge it at the right temperatures yeah 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 i mean i've got a piece of um 15 and uh, 15 and 20 and uh 1085 laid up yeah pretty much like this and that the forge weld has been set and everything mm -hmm. but I want to do a, a simple twist pattern on the on the second mm -hmm. billets as well I did a, a billet with Steve Katz and Jack that was my first mm -hmm. billets that I ever did um, so that was with both their help but Jack's got as I said the other day Jack's got gas so now we're going to mm -hmm. be doing that I don't know probably next week um, and I don't know how much of that I'm going to be using on pendants, but I want to get at least one or two forged blades. I want to forge a blade out of that. Yeah. Out of that twist pattern Damascus. So, because depending mm. on the way you orientate the, the twist, like if you're cutting mm. just like this, then it's just like this sort of mm. pattern going on. Mm. But if you orientate it that way, it's... I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know how that would look. <clears throat> if you if you cut it at an angle, like it, as if you're doing mosaic uh, Damascus. So if you cut it at an angle and then tip it over to bring the pattern out, you'll have like a uh, you should have like a, a, a swirl. Okay. Um, but what the other thing you can do is um, I think. Uh, Dylan Murish, yeah, I'm probably destroying his surname. <laughs> uh, he's an excellent knife maker as well. He's busy now with a a, a multi-layer bar. So he's taken Damascus, twisted it, 
yeah. alternating left and right, mm. and then he stacks it up. So what happens is when you start grinding away, you get explosion pattern along the edges where, the, where they join, and then when you yeah. go through it, then you start exposing the layers. So you don't actually okay. forge the bevels in on that one. Um, you, right. you cut into the Damascus to reveal the pattern. I right. think that's going to be a stunning knife when he finishes it. Shit. Yeah, th this is this is the thing. Eh? You, you've mm. like I see these guys who do these like exceptional patterns, and they they put all these things together, and they do stacks, mm. and then they they forge welded, and then they stack it again, and they forge welded, and, and I'm just like, how in fuck's name do you keep? Mm tabs on where the fuck everything's supposed to be like that's not that's not the first time that guy's doing it right you must fucking know that guy's yeah. made plenty of of mistakes before he got to that level if you want to watch a guy who knows what he's doing on on mosaic damascus you must look up carl royer on uh yeah. youtube yeah Kyle he's royer. american blacksmith yep 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 uh, he's busy now with a, another sword bolt yes where he's done a, a tile pattern and it looks stunning I, really I am watching funny. that at at the moment. I watched it just yes. about two days ago. I think I yeah, I think that was the last. Yeah, he's on the third part now. So he's just okay. done the the edge reveal on the last one. Yeah. He still has to do all the grinding and stuff, but he just sort of uh, made cleaned up the blade, and then just a coffee edge just to see what the pattern's going to look like. Yes. Before he starts grinding. Yes. Yes. Because he still has to heat treat it and everything. Uh, that guy, the first sword build that I saw him did he, do, not did, what? My good. Mm -hmm. And I'm English. Are your, are your, well, are your English run out? My English are by <laughs> delicious for not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first sword build that I saw him do was with a, mm. a I think it was ivory that he did mm. a fluting on the, on the hand. Yeah. And, um, mm. That was fucking stunning. And I saw a little trick that he did. He like he broached out the, the ivory section for the for mm. the tang. Mm. And um, then he like put Vaseline all over the tang mm. and he puts epoxy on the inside of the mm. of the handle. And then he put it on and that left him with a perfect, perfect fucking fit. And it mm. and it comes off. Like wow. <sighs> Mind yeah, Niels, Niels, Niels does that as well. It's called bedding the, the, bedding the tang in the handle. <clears throat> so then if, you, if, you, if you're making a tack down, uh, a take down, not a tack down, mm. making a take down, you bed in the handle with epoxy, then you don't have to have pins to align everything. Right, right. Because everything's aligned. It's all a, a, a tight fit. Yes, yes. That's fucking incredible, man. That's mm. when ultrasonic cleaner comes in very, very fucking handy. So you can get inside mm. that fucking handle, make sure that there's not, no Vaseline left over on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Uh, Antoine, is that, I, I, I still don't know how to say this fucking guy's name. Like, Antoine. Antoine. Antoine, that's, that's yeah. just what it's going to have to be. Um <laughs> Alex Steele also has a lot of those types of Damascus that he makes. Um, yeah. Yeah, Alex mm. Steele is, I've been following him for a long time and I try to not mm. watch too much of his videos because then I get very despondent because of all the tools he's got. You know? Yes. Um, <laughs> I get very despondent. But he's worked hard for it. So it's not like he's just mm. been a rich boy and, and just got all the stuff. Like he worked fucking hard for it. Um, mm. And I respect that. The amount, yeah, the amount of hammers and tongs that guy started off making uh, to get when he was still like sixteen and stuff. Yeah, he worked his ass off to yeah. get where he is. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, to 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 see where he is now. I mean, he moved mm. from his small shop at home, I mm. think it was, to a bigger shop in the UK. Then he moved from that mm. shop to where he is now in, in America. Yeah, in Montana. In Montana, yeah. Um, mm. And Will Stelter is also another guy who's who knows mm. the fucking job. Like, he knows... Yeah, the yeah he's, 
it, uh, Alex, it comes more from a blacksmithing background, and um, Will Stelter's is a pure knife-making background. Yeah. Um, but the knowledge of that they've got combined mm. uh, is just phenomenal. At their as young, young ages, I mean. As young guys, that's the point. As young guys, it's mm. fucking incredible. And um, I think I'm, I'm older than both of them put together. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't have that much experience. And I mean, this is, and I mean, I don't know how old Alec is, but Alec, um, I think, is twenty-four. Yeah, and you I see, think Walt Walt is twenty-one or twenty-two. I'm I'm twenty-seven, right? Yeah. I do not know, fucking anywhere close to what those two know. Like nothing mm. compared to those two guys. Nothing at this age. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. but I think the more the more you get involved in knife making, the more you realize how little you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the other day I learned about uh, Jack was telling me about uh, he was telling. Oh, what what's his name now? Um, uh, I could I can never remember this guy's name. He's such a cool guy. Um, anyway, he was telling this this guy also a fellow knife maker. Um, about color case hardening. Never heard about it. Mm. I knew about case hardening. I've heard about that. Mm. But I never, I've never heard, up until the other day, I'd never heard about color case hardening. Now, I've, I learned, I know about color case hardening from firearms. So the old, like the, the early days of firearms and they didn't have high quality steel, they used to case harden the stuff. Okay. Uh, to get the hardness yeah. and what happens is if you do it right you can color case hardness so you get different shades of browns and purples yes. in the steel yes so it actually it's very sought after that yeah um jack that's that's exactly what jack was saying is that because he was a he was a gunsmith as well mm. and uh and he was saying that that's what they used on on rifles and so on um, but he was saying that you, you break up different bits of charcoal. You, you break them up to, mm. I can't remember, like little blocks. And it's some, mm. some are soft charcoal, some are hard charcoal, and some are like medium mm. or something like that. And then he mm. said you put your, your, your blade or whatever you want to case harden mm. inside of all of that. And like, mm. I don't know if it's like a canister. Yeah, it is a canister because you've got to keep the oxygen out. Yeah. So, so you heat that shit up. This is my basic understanding of it. I, I don't mm. know shit about this, but this is my basic understanding. Mm. And then basically when you get that up to temperature, you knock the thing off and I think quench it in water. I don't know. Water or oil, I'm not sure. I'm but not sure. what happens is you keep it in a canister so that the um, carbon can uh, migrate into the steel. So the steel starts to absorb the carbon. That's why it only penetrates in a half a mil to a millimeter, maybe one and a half, depending on the time you hold it at that temperature. Yeah. Uh, there's all these charts on diffusion rates and how fast the carbon goes in and shit. And then you basically take it out, break the canister, and then quench it in oil or water. I would what probably go with water. I mean, with oil, sorry, because I'm too shit scared to put anything in water besides a hammer. Yeah, look, I... I I don't know. I do not know. I know quenching a blade in water, unless like unless there's something that I'm not taking into consideration that mm. that could be an idea. I don't know. I know the Japanese swordsmiths quenched in water, if I'm not mistaken. It's a it's a brine mixture, so it's a salty water. Salty water. They put okay. yeah, they put salt in it to to um to stop that vapor jacket forming around the blade. Okay. Yeah. All right. But also what they do is they, all their blades are completely clayed. So they paint it with a light coat of clay, and then they put the clay on for the patterning of the, the Hamon line. Yeah. Yeah, um, so the whole and the whole blade is, is clayed up, but there's a thin layer of clay to where the, where the cutting edge is going to be. Yeah, and that helps, yeah. uh, it helps lessen the, the, the shock of the quenching in water. Yes. That's why... If you've watched 
they've, there's a couple of videos on YouTube of them quenching in brine, is what they call it. Okay. <clears throat> Where when they put that blade in, you see that blade bend in the water. Yes. And you see the clay start to pop off. Yes. Now that clay acts as a slight barrier to slow the cooling rate a little bit. Yes. But uh, that's why you have different length Japanese swords. So you have tantos. Yes. Uh, wakazashis and katanas and whatever else. But yeah. it's based on maybe he fucked up and he gets a short knife. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, it's 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 mm. absolutely fucking mind blowing that they were able mm. to understand how things work and and mm. get it down to such to such a fine art at that stage mm. of because i mean they didn't have the steels that we've got now no they did no, well they, they no, had what i mean they had a uh, a bloom type steel yeah so the problem with a bloom type steel is it's very inconsistent <laughs> So normally what they would do is they would take their bloom, they'd refine it, then they quench it in water and they break it. Okay. And they then then they look at the pieces that they've yeah. broken up and they look at the grain structure okay. to see and from that grain structure they can determine either it's a high carbon, a medium carbon or a low carbon. Yeah. And then they take say all the high carbon pieces, they put mm. that together. Then they forge weld it, they yes. cut and fold, and they forge. Yes. They do that a number of times, and the reason they do that is every time you cut it and you fold it, mm. you make the inclusion smaller. Yes, and you're also uh, distributing and, and, the the carbon throughout the piece, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your carbon, your your carbon levels in the steel wants to be homogeneous. Yeah. So it doesn't like to have high concentrations. Yes. Yes. And with cutting and folding it. Uh, you get a, a, a very fine grain, decent steel, and then they would use the, um, depending on which age it is, there's a whole lot of different construction methods for the sword. So yes. some had a hard core and medium carbon just on the outside. Others had a hard edge, medium yes. carbon on the outside, and a low carbon in the middle at the back. So it depends on the era. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how they constructed it. And the, but to and figure the, all that shit out uh, without uh, electron microscopes and spectrographs and all that other shit, yes, they take some deal. And and this is this is something I wanted to mention now as well. It's just a little bit of information that I remembered while you were talking about this. But I see Michelle mm -hmm. Zwan has already said it. The mm -hmm. Tamahag Tamahagne steel. That's yeah. the that's the. Yeah. That's the, the from the bloom that they get. Yeah. So mm. so the guy who I think he he like looks after that bloom for like four four five days or something, and yeah. then he picks those pieces out that he deems worthy, and then when he sends it to the the swordsmith, the swordsmith cherry yeah. picks from those pieces mm. as well. Um, mm. So yeah, well done there, uh, Michelle's one ten points for that. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's such an ad voice right there. You see, you see what I'm saying? You've got a radio voice, dude. Um, but yeah, so it, it's such it's such an incredible I mean I was watching I think I mentioned it to you the other day. I was watching the guys trying to replicate um the, the knights in shining armor, right? Trying to mm -hmm. uh, make a bloom, ma mm -hmm. make the make the the fucking forge, and then the bloom is the mm -hmm. fucking steel, right? That that yeah. builds up at the bottom. Mm. And that looks like such a crumbly piece of shit thing to work with. You really got to know your shit to mm. to to make something out mm. of that. Um, mm. And I think they had to do two or three tries before they actually got enough. To actually mm. work with it, like whoa! Yeah, there's a That's there's crazy. a blacksmith I follow, uh, Joey Funderspeed or something. Okay. Um, he took a piece of bloom that he got from a French blacksmith. Yeah. Um, I think it was roughly three kilograms. Yeah. And he 
got, I don't want to lie now, but it was maybe like half a kilogram out of it because there's a lot of slag and yeah. rubbish inside the steel. Yes. That as you compact it, um, all that shit comes out. And obviously, yes. working at such a high temperature, you obviously lose to scale. Scale as well, yeah. Because you, you, you're refining by, by taking out impurities as well as distributing mm. carbon and, and getting the, the, mm. the finer grain structure all in one. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. When, when I wasn't into knife making, I thought that the whole uh, Japanese sword, like I hadn't researched it, mm. I hadn't done anything. Mm. I, just, I just thought that that was just to make the blade uh, stronger by folding it multiple times. I didn't know why, I didn't know... Like mm. I just thought, you know, that's that's all it is. Mm. And then I started when I when I started getting into knife making, started developing more interest in all these different processes. Mm. And look, I still don't fully fucking understand every aspect of everything, obviously. But mm. um, it's incredible. It's it's really yeah, really it incredible what they were able to do. But yeah. So, next topic of discussion. Uh, First thing that comes to your mind. Becoming a full-time. There we go. That's a good question. That's a good question. It's got to suck. <laughs> you can make a small fortune in knife making. You just have to start with a big one. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, this, this is something that Neil said to me Niels has pretty much been the, the only guy that I've known throughout the years of me being interested mm. in knife making. Steve Katz introduced me to him. Mm. Um, yeah. But Steve was, Steve was doing knives at the time, but he mm. was still learning from Niels. And then I went to go and talk mm. to Niels and, you know, and uh, did, did a couple of his courses and so on. And this is something that Niels said to me is you're never going to be rich making knives. Mm. You know, that now that's obviously arguable. There's guys who are making exceptional, mm. exceptional pieces out there and they're making fuck tons mm. of money on them and stuff like that. But what he was, <clears throat> I guess Niels's point here was that you spend so much on abrasives and mm. all these other tools and materials that you need to, and you want to mm. up your game and you want to make better and better mm. and better pieces. Mm. And it's expensive. It's expensive. Mm. Obviously, it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be as expensive as you want it to be. But mm. um, if you're going into it full time, it does get expensive. Mm. I mean, you look at, uh, say you're making one knife. Okay? Yeah. Uh, you can use an old belt, belt to, to grind it when it's still soft. Yeah. But when you get a hard, a hard blade, you, you need a new belt. Yeah. And you can only do a certain number of blades on a new on a on a belt before it's considered old. Yes. Um, and my my gauge of it is when you take a fresh belt and even a hard enough, and you grind that first cut and you look at the side where you've ground, it's got a dull appearance. The shinier the blade gets. The old it shows the blade is older because it's yeah. it's no longer cutting as much. It's doing it's more polishing than cutting. More polishing. That's um, exactly it. Because there's more surface peaks have broken down so fine that it's doing more buffing than anything else. Yeah. yeah. So it uh, it becomes you know counterproductive because it takes you longer. Yeah. You've got more chance of overheating the blade. Yeah. Because. I like going in dry, not like you and Jack who like going in wet. <laughs> hey, listen, when we, when we apply that topic to other topics, uh, I think going in dry <laughs> is a bad idea either way, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, the, you know, the, the thing is with, with grinding wet, mm -hmm. it's a messy business. And it does, like, I mean, I was talking to uh, Garth Fletcher about this today. It mm. hammers your bearings, right? Mm. Whether they seal or fucking not, it hammers mm. your bearings. 
Yeah, because remember that that uh, liquids got all the bits of abrasive and yeah. hardened steel yeah. and shit. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna so, wear it out. So the yeah. life of your bearing goes from fucking here to fucking here, right? Mm. Um, and I mean that's that's pretty much the problem with my grinder now is that. Mm. I've I've been wet grinding on the thing, and over the last couple of months, I've realized, fuck, these bearings are they fraught, you know. And mm. um, I was I was on a on a call with Garth Fletcher earlier today, and I I said to him, listen to this, what, what do you think it's the bearings making this idea? He said, yeah, those bearings are fucked, absolutely mm. fucked. So um, I've got to get that replaced. But the thing about grinding wet in my opinion and, and I've spoken to Jack about mm. this a lot is that you can grind especially when it comes to straight razors now I've never fucking made a straight mm. razor but I've seen Jack make a lot of mm. them right and um, grinding that thin you need to wet mm. grind yeah you have to there's, have there's to. no doubt about it you, I mean, you, if you cannot go that fine on a belt mm. and, and that mm. thin on a straight razor blade Without overheating, mm. it's in my opinion. Mm. I don't know. Maybe there's another way. If you look, if you look at the way the the Japanese grind their blades, but they they obviously using stones and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those stones are running in water. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and they set up to run away from you, so it throws the water away from you, not away at you. you. Yeah. Not yeah, like yeah. our belt grinders. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, look, it is a messy business, and that's that's the mm. problem, especially when it's winter and it's mm. fucking cold. Your hands get mm. so fucking cold, so that's not ideal. That's um, why you need to start forging, so you can grind, get cold, go forge, get hot, Yeah, grind, get go. cold. That's <laughs> it. There we go. I need to come for a couple of classes with you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean… Everybody's got to find their own, and I think this is this is the frustrating part in the in the bit because if you only know mm. one knife maker, say for example, in in your journey of becoming a knife maker, you mm. want to go full time. Maybe you only know one or two knife makers. One guy's going to have mm. this way of doing it, another guy's mm. going to have this way of doing it, and now you now you stuck between two opinions that really matter because they're both mm. knife makers, but mm. you've got to fucking find what works for you. Mm, because so you know what I mean it's a bit of a, a catch-22 yeah if you're gonna be making thin blades like uh, chef's knives razors those type very fine edge things then it pays mm. to go into wet grinding yeah and yeah, yeah. it's it's just one of those things if you want to make the best product you got to use the best process for that product mm. so exactly. if you, if you're making axes, there's no need. But if you're yeah. making straight razors, yeah, you need to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was I was burning so many blades at one point. I was getting I was getting so fucking frustrated, mm. and and it's just because I wasn't dunking enough, and then I was mm. I was pushing hella hard, and my belt, belts were old as well, so they were heating up that steel mm. fucking quick. I didn't understand all of this at that point. It's mm. only when I had the exposure to seeing somebody doing it every day that I started putting mm. things together and being like, right, old belt equals heating up very fucking quickly, right? Mm. New belt, not so much. It still heats up, mm. don't get me wrong, but it takes mm. longer to heat up than a old belt. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know That's that. Why I, I normally do my rough grinding before heat treatment with a, a 40 grit belt. Then after heat treatment, I grind with an 80 and a 120. Yeah. Because it grinds grinds slower, mm. but that means I've got more control. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because by that stage, you've got a good couple of hours into the blade. You don't want to fuck that up at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Oof, no. Burning blades when you're almost done. That 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 kicks you in the nuts so hard, like oh mm. my word, it's almost as bad. Power, it, it's almost as bad. I think it's worse than than what happened with uh, Grant today with his blade. Yeah, oh, that, oh. that hurt. That uh, that is that is such a kick in the nuts. Like it's 
it's the same if not worse because well mm. both are your fault but the the thing is mm. the grinding if you had just kept the blade cool it would have been fucking fine but mm. you know oh man it's it's called school fees <laughs> <laughs> exactly i've got a whole i've got a whole pile of school fees in uh, handmade damascus sandmai don't quench your water in blade, a blade in water. I've tried it mm. to do like a a dip and then into oil. Yeah? Yeah. No. No. Because when you think, when you start to think, I must take it out now, you should have already taken it out and then you hear the click. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. When you start thinking, that's about that time when you finish thinking, that's about the time you fucked it up already. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. That, that, that's why I believe in, in what Neil says. Get the right quench oil. Yeah. And quench. Yeah. Canola oil is for chips. Yeah. It's for <laughs> chips. I'll Yeah, no, I, 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 um, it's, it's, it's really, really incredible. Like, this is, this is the thing that I keep saying to Jack, and I, I, he's probably tired of hearing it because, I mean, it's, yeah. it's the fucking truth, but, if you if you are not exposed to this or you're not doing constant research on it and mm. and applying it not just fucking reading mm. but applying the stuff learning mm. it for yourself seeing how it how it works mm. um but I'm lazy I I like to fucking mm. view stuff and see and ask mm. questions on the fly and then go mm. and do research um mm. and then read more in depth about it you know but mm. <clears throat> I, you know, I'd made a few knives before before Jack. Now, I'm like, like everything's starting to make sense. You're able to put this together, and because of that, this makes sense, and because of this, this makes sense. And it, it, if I were to give, I mean, going back to our topic of discussion, getting into knife making full time as a beginner. Yeah. If I were to something to anybody who wants to start making knives is go and fucking work mm. for free for a knife maker. Mm. Right? Mm. That's the best fucking way to learn. And not just like a like a, a guy in his garage who has who who makes some knives. I mean if mm. that's all you can get that's better than nothing. Mm. But go and learn from somebody mm. who really, really knows their shit. I mean, you look at uh, that young guy. I think his name's Daniel, who's who's helping Stuart out. Uh, yeah, man, I, I would him, love to be I've in his shoes. I've met him once. I've met him once. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, he's also in a fortunate position where he can get to learn from a guy like Stuart. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Stuart's been making knives for about eighteen years now. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere around there. It's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really just very, very fortunate. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't learn it by yourself. You can, mm. but the it point is your, your, your learning curve and your expenses are going to be arguably way less because you don't have to make the mistakes by yourself. Somebody's already made those mm. mistakes and he can tell you, don't do that shit. Because this is what's going to yeah. happen. And then if you decide to do mm. it thereafter, that's your bad. Mm. All right. Mm. So, you know. Um, I mean. <clears throat> I have a few comments here. See, um, <laughs> I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Join the club. We, none of us know what we're doing. We just uh, pretend. Listen. <laughs> Listen, this this is the thing. This is the thing. You you get guys who who do really really incredible work, mm. and they know it, and they're still mm. humble about it. That's awesome. Mm. That's fucking mm. incredible, right? Um, mm. And then you get the opposite. Then you get the guys who put, you know, like eh, entry level stuff out there, and mm. uh, and they're really really cocky about it. Mm. And 
Now, now I haven't had too many experiences with with knife makers here in South Africa. I'm sure they, mm. I, I'm sure there are those guys in South Africa. I, I'm fortunate enough that I haven't met them. Mm. But um, this is the whole thing. Just no matter the quality of your work, everybody loves a humble person. Simple as that. Mm. If you're humble, people will give you the praise that you deserve for your work. Mm. But if you're an asshole, they're just going to be like, no, that guy, that. Tim Tim Brown made that knife. Mm. Fuck that guy. I don't like that guy. You know? Mm. You know what I mean? So humility really opens mm. a lot of doors. And this is something I, I, I preach a lot because I genuinely believe if you're not humble, you cannot fucking mm. learn. Mm. You cannot there's learn. A, there's, there's a guy I, I watch on YouTube. He's a bit of an asshole, but uh, he, he's got some very interesting advice for business. Mm. So what he what he says, and this applies to any type of business, hmm. you need to target someone who's about say five levels ahead of you. Yeah. And then you need to network with the people at that level hmm. to learn so you can get more exposure. Hmm. And then he says what you also need to do is you need to teach people that are two or three levels below you. He says, because by teaching those people, you're learning at the same time. Hmm. Exactly. Um, and and going, going back to that, um, there was an article I, I read some time back about retaining information. Hmm. And there was a lot said about writing down information and the connection between writing down information that you've already hmm. learned it makes another mm. sort of point of connection with your brain and you able to remember mm. it. But they said one mm. of the other ways that's also very effective is telling somebody about it or teaching it to somebody. Because mm. you might understand the process, but to explain it is not always easy. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jack's explained many things to me so eloquently. Or ele mm. What? Eloquently. Eloquent? Eloquently, mm. elegant, yes. elegantly, let's go with that one. Um, he's explained them so beautifully and I can understand it. But then when I try to reconvey that information, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> fucking nothing. Right. But, and that's the point. That's the point of a good teacher mm. is somebody who can explain something to you and dumb it down for you until you get mm. to the level where you can understand the intelligent speech. Okay. Mm. And then you can teach that to someone else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, but that, that is a good point with, um, with, because I mean, that's pretty much exactly what I've gone and done with Jack mm. is Jack is way, way, way ahead mm. of me, way ahead of me. Mm. He's mm. forgotten more things about knife making than I will ever learn. Right. Mm. But if I were to go and learn from somebody who's just a little bit better than me, how, how good am I mm. going to get? You know? Mm. You're not. So, I mean, there, there's, uh, there's one guy on um, Instagram that I, that I follow, and he does some really cool work. Um, Wolf River Forge. Yeah. And he, like I was talking to him about my apprenticeship program and so on and so forth. And he said, you fucking lucky dude. He said, everything that I'm doing now, I've taught myself. Mm. Um, and it, he said to me, it's taken fucking years to get to where I am right now. Wolf River Forge, you say? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look it up on Instagram. <clears throat> He's he's really cool. He's a he's a great guy. Um, mm. I'm looking for my Morphe extension. It's not here. There it is. <laughs> it's with my squirrels. <laughs> um, let's just have a look here. Uh, hold on, yeah. Yeah, Michelle says that. Uh, 
he just started there was never anybody that he could really learn from nearby so um and that's exactly what we were speaking about the other day michelle um so i've got a lot of respect for guys who learn by themselves because that takes serious balls it takes serious balls Hmm. Uh, let's just have a look. I'm going to try get to the garage again because I'm dying to uh, make my lungs happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Anthony. Once again, I've got I've got big respect for guys that have learned by themselves, learned from huge, huge, huge respect, man. Um, you're off to the shower. You're going into liquidation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've switched over to Telcom. Let's see how this works in the garage. Oh, Telcom. Because my phone. Yeah. On Telcom, yes. And I need to plug my phone in because otherwise we're going to die. And we can't die. We've got viewers out there that need our valuable insight and information. Yeah. And yeah. Come work with I. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, Tim, are you going to see if you can rip the audio from this? Yes, I'm going to I'm going to pull it off off Facebook uh, when we finished, mm. and then I'm going to see if I can rip the audio uh, somehow. Okay. I don't know how yet, but uh, yeah. Come on, I need a stand. The wonky, wonky, balancey stuff. Uh, mm. Here we go. I know that story all too well. And then I MacGyvered this piece of GoPro kit onto a phone holder thingy, my bobbin, and it works like a fucking dream, dude. I know, I want one. Yeah. You should yeah. patent it. I should. I should. I should do a collaboration between the China Mall fucking special phone holder thing and GoPro. And then like patent it. <laughs> the knife makers the knife maker's best friend. <laughs> yeah. You get the Bryce Vice and you get the Trenton I don't know. The, the Trent stand. The Trent stand. Because the standard Trenton standard, the Trent stand. Oh yes, please. Yeah. Oh, the there you go. Here we go. There you go. We've got a trademark already. Mm. You know, I, w I was thinking about this this podcast the other day, and I was watching um, mm. what's his name, Joe Rogan. And I, yeah. I love that guy's fucking podcast. I I really, really, really love. Like I I enjoy them so much more when I'm high. But like, yeah. But but <laughs> well, even you when have I'm, to be high as, as he is. Yeah, but I mean, like he's he's just he's just brilliant. Like he's just so I don't know. He's so captivating to watch. Like he's he's just got such a, a smooth, calm, conversational way of of talking, and like it's brilliant. It's really, really fucking brilliant. And the thing is, the thing I like about his his podcast is he's open to anything. Mm. He's not there to. He's not a new show that's trying to stamp his <coughs> viewpoint on it. He's there to learn. And he's got the yeah. very, very you know, unique gift of being able to talk to different people and not force it down a particular narrative. It's just yes. like, okay, we're going to start talking here and wherever the fuck we end up, that's where we end up. <laughs> And that's it, dude. And that's it. And and this is what I want sort of our podcast to be about. Like, it's not just about forging blades. I mean, that's primarily what we're going to talk about because that's what we do. It's not just about stock removal. Yeah. Well, let me let me rephrase that for a second. Um, I don't forge blades. I do stock removal. I do, I do knife making made light, right? <clears throat> yeah. You do forging. So... Um, and uh, I, I also do stock removal on some knives when I yeah. use vegan steel. Mm. But but this is this is the nice thing about it is we can we can take this wherever we really want to go with it. You know we can mm. we can talk about struggles 
you know, personal struggles, health struggles, you know, obviously we don't want to get too hectic into anything, but like we can, we can do whatever the fuck we want with this podcast. We can, we can make it extremely informative or we can do it like just on the fly like this. We have an outline, but we work off of that outline on the fly kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think the dynamics of how uh, these live feeds are working right now, like it's really mm. cool because it's it's very conversational. We can talk to each other. We don't run out of things to mm. say, and it, it's it just fucking mm. works. And and then we got guys like Anthony Antony, sorry, giving us extra stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And th- this is what I love. I love interacting with people. I fucking adore yeah. <laughs> interacting with people, unless they're assholes. But mm. their comments still give my my videos ratings so i don't care um yeah any comment is a good comment because you can always say fuck you with a fucking anchor (laughs) (laughs) oh man good coffee uh, coffee is always a good thing man i've got some hazelnut coffee i'm really enjoying uh it's fucking brilliant i'm on I've got a, one of those beans to cup coffee machines. Yeah. I'm not allowed to bring it into the garage for some reason. I don't know why. I can't imagine but why. But yeah, uh, I've got uh, a dark espresso roast in there at the moment, Ooh. which I'm really enjoying. Ooh. I like I like it like I like my woman, strong and black. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I said that to an African lady once. <clears throat> she said to me, mm. we, we went to go and visit some family friends of ours in there. They're African people. And uh, she said to me, how do you like your coffee? And I said to her, "Um, black, no sugar, bitter and black, like I like my woman. And she says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what what Antony says. Um, I like forging, but stock removal when I do not have to, what? Have too much, I believe you've been too double O, <laughs> too much time yeah. to work on the place. Uh, you are welcome. Yeah, Anthony, uh, Anthony, I'd, uh, let's just go with Anthony. Shall we just go with Anthony? Like it, mm. it just sounds more. Just and. 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 There we go. That works. You know, and. Change your name, please, on your Facebook profile. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love this dude. I've never met him. But he sounds fuck off mm. cool, man. He sounds, he's like he such is, an awesome he's guy. The, one of the funniest, the comments he comes up with is just top class. He should actually start a stand-up career, but I think Calvinia is not going to work for him because, as he says, nothing happens there every 30 minutes. <laughs> but but you, you see, this, this is, you know, when you're doing a live feed and – you know you've got people watching, but nobody's fucking mm. saying anything. Like it, it makes it mm. very difficult. Like if you're doing a single, yeah, it does. If you if you like, mm. say for example, it's just me on my own. I'm just talking. Mm. Like it becomes very difficult to sort of interact. But when you got comments coming through and you're doing a live feed with somebody mm. else, like if they're not saying any fucking mm. thing, you've got you got this going on. You know? Yeah, yeah. What I was I was watching last night. I came across in researching podcasts and things. This guy was talking about uh, strategy, marketing strategy, and he says Joe Rogan's podcast because it's it's one of the oldest and it is probably the best. It's got the biggest reach of a podcast, and he says yeah. his marketing strategy is just brilliant yeah. because it's a, a live. It used to be live. Now it's a live recording. Um, that's put out in long format. The audio is ripped to Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Yeah. And then they've got a separate YouTube channel where they put all the, they call it, it's called Jerry Clips, the Joe Rogan yeah. Experience Clips. So they then go through, Jamie goes through the videos and he takes out little sections like, I don't know, what was I watching? Oh, you had that XCIA guy, uh, Mike Baker or something, and they were talking about mm-hmm. whatever all those uh, little clips that you can put out, which can generate views and generate hype. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and that's brilliant because <clears throat> now you've got multiple platforms sending mm. links basically to your other platforms. 